0: Hello everyone and welcome to the Venture Property Podcast and thank you very much for listening. Today we are sponsored by Land Insight, which is the ultimate tool for people to find all the deals in which they need. Something that I use on an almost daily basis, I've just been using it today actually. I use it to find land and work through all my comps, find similar properties, heights, sizes, all of that kind of stuff to do my due diligence. So if you're not subscribed to the podcast, why not? All we talk about on this podcast is we talk to investors about why they invested in deals and developers, property people, about why they did deals, how they found it, how they value engineered it and all that kind of stuff. So please do do that. We are on iTunes as well. Today I have, I love this lady. She's one of my favorite ladies. Um, She's a serial investor and she really, really knows her stuff. So Helen Chorley, how are you?
1: Hi, thank you for having me. I'm really well actually. I'm sat <laughs> I'm sat with the most beautiful view out in Malta. So yeah, it's a yeah, it's 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 good to be alive. <laughs>
0: it's to be alive. I was about to chuck it down behind me. Um so for people who don't know you then, why don't you just give us a brief sort of synopsis about who you are and what you've done, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera?
1: Sure. Um, so, my background is investment banking. I worked for a big American investment bank for a number of years. Um, and I left that just pre credit crunch, actually. It was beautiful timing. Um, uh, actually, it was because I made myself ill. So the exit wasn't totally fabulous. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, fighting fit again now. Um, and I actually, I've always, since I could afford my first flat, literally since I had the means to get it, I, I had property. So I bought my first flat in Covent Garden of all places when I was about 20 something. And, um, I've always had, you know, kind of worked my way up the ladder. Um, and but once I kind of left my old career behind, I decided to make this kind of interest profession. So, um, yeah, Rocks are put, well, John Curry's meets actually a few years ago, met some fabulous people there. You know, you just, all the stars are aligned. I like, everybody I met, they're just, Spoke sense yeah. rather than of the, how should we say, over optimistic or um, slightly kind of rose tinted stuff that, that sort of some of the stuff that's out there. Mm-hmm. So I um, met some great guys through 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 that kind of network. And um, actually, my first few deals were on crowdfunding, through crowdfunding websites. And I used that to kind of work very, very slowly, small deals, test out developers see how they work, see if they deliver what they say they're going to deliver. And sometimes they do, and sometimes they don't. And, you know, then you learn who to, um, who to reinvest with. And then I've done some now, do kind of things directly, still do crowdfunding stuff. I'm actually talking at, um, on a panel with some other great people. Um, Brendan Quinn's panel on the 28th of March at London Bridge and um, some other crowdfunding investors. So, yeah, that's me.
0: Yeah, I think I know a couple of the people sat on that panel with you as well. I think yeah.
1: a couple uh, Manish, of them are
0: good friends. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Manish Katarian, best like a pro. I mean, he's yeah, he's just a legend. Actually, I was rereading one of his articles again this morning, the one that talks about um, kind of secured debt. It's yeah. just everything he publishes, all his comments on... Facebook and uh, yeah, and wherever, just just on the on the money every time. I
0: love, I love the people. way he delivers them as well. He sort of sat back in his chair, and then he's just like, "Have you thought about this?" And you're just like, "Wow!" You know, Manish was one of my first ever interactions with an investor, uh, really? and I, oh my god, I. I make no bones about it. I'm open book all the time, and I tell everybody that is the biggest grilling of my life.
2: Oh, yeah, I bet.
0: We, okay. It was about an hours-long call, and I was shattered after. He just was like,
2: boom, boom, boom,
0: boom, boom. And I'm like, oh, no. like. But I learned so much from that process,
2: yeah.
0: um, which is just crazy.
1: So... The- the genius thing, though, that he does as well is he makes – when he explains it, hmm. like I try to explain some things sometimes and I lose people,
2: yep. he explains
1: it and it just makes it just like, dun, 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 so easy. Oh, is that it? So easy.
0: Yeah. yeah. Have you ever seen one of his spreadsheets? They're just exactly the same as that. They're just oh. beautiful. He he's right. sent me a couple and it's just like, oh, they're just oh, so nice. I really, really enjoy them. Yeah. I think, well, we actually met – at a John Corey event as well.
1: It, that's right. Yeah, we did indeed. A long
0: yeah. time ago.
1: Oh, it really is. Yeah.
0: No, because you were the person who said to me, I'd never made the connection between my Bet Fair trading and my property stuff ever. And you said, no, actually, <laughs> you need to have a think about that. And I was like, oh, yeah, actually, there is a lot of similarities what I do over on the Betfair side, when then you start applying that process to property, like, oh, that's a lot easier. And I'd never yeah. I'd just done it automatically without even thinking.
1: That's it. The way you spoke and talked about kind of the Betfair stuff was like, you know, I, I worked on the trading floor for years. And my, you know, a, a, apart from you're talking about kind of Betfair rather than kind of a financial instrument, like, yeah conversation is exactly the same and it's about like how your mind works and that's that's what intrigues me about people is like how does that how does their mind work what 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 you know kind of lights them up and how do they kind of see the world how do they put things together so mm-hmm. speaking to you was really easy and familiar for me because you've got a tra- a trader's brain it was like yeah brilliant
0: so, do you do that when you're meeting potential people to invest in them? What's the sort of first thing you think about, or when you're talking to them?
1: Oh, I, I won't invest in anything if I haven't met the person and I haven't seen the site. Yeah. That's two categorical things for me. And meeting the person, you know, I, I don't I don't care if it's like it's, if it's a tiny amount. I have to meet that person because I have to kind of look them in the eye, and I, I I'm I'm Think I'm kind of quite good judge of character, or I'm a good judge of of seeing what what, whether something will and someone will work for me or not. Mm. Um, And yeah, I really want to understand kind of what's important to them. Um, I was looking through some questions, some of the stuff we're going to be doing at this um, at Brendan's, you know. And it's like, is the project important? Is the person important? And for me, it really is Mm. mostly about the person. You know, what are their values? Are they going to treat my money like they would treat either their own money or preferably like their parents' money? Yeah. You know, what are my kind of fundamental principles? It's a, it's a Branson and a Buffett thing you do not lose the capital. Yeah. That, that's one of my starting points. Um, and I want to know that, that that person will do everything, whatever it takes. You know, it's property. Things mm. happen, things go wrong. It's the nature of the beast will they do everything within their power to get mm. me my cash back? Yeah. So, so yeah, and you, you, you only get that from, or I only get that from, from speaking to people. And very often it's not the things that they plan to say. It's the little asides or the little, you know, or the little kind of stories or that you really get kind of insight with people. Mm. You know, I go out with, um, you know, a meetup or have coffee or whatever with, developers a lot and very often we, we don't talk that much about the project or work or property because I want to understand the like how does their brain work how do they see the world what's important to them and that's my that's kind of my starting position
0: I think that's brilliant as well I've got a lot of crossover in different points of my life interesting that you speak about the parents money one of my best lecturers at university when I was a physio he said something and that it literally stuck with me with everything is treat that person as if it's how your mum or dad would want to be treated as a patient yeah and I do that the whole way through now I really yeah. like how you try and get into people's minds and you it, the project is sort of parked for a bit and I think it should be as well I think it should be the person, and hearing the little stories and learning from what they they did there. I, I really like that. How long has has that always been been there for you, or is it just something that you've gradually built upon over the last few years?
1: Uh, I think I've kind of got better as it as I've got older, and I'm kind of like I'm quite geeky, as you know, like and into kind of neuroscience and brain stuff and you know kind of a bit of psychology and and so yeah it, it, it the, the more I learn about that stuff the more it intrigues me and the more I want to understand kind of how people work um yeah it's, uh, it's yeah
0: I love that though
1: yeah you get a real yeah kind of sense of what's important to people mm. and as long as you know the, the deal obviously is important and, and it, but but that yeah it, it is a separate thing for me.
0: Mm. I think right?
1: there's lots of kind of opportunities that the deals look great, the numbers look great, the returns look great, but I've just not been sure about kind of that person. And it's no reflection on them; it's just whether you two gel, you know, or you mm. resonate. I suppose.
0: Mm it 's got to it 's got to be that way it 's a whole package isn 't it it's you know there's a bit of numbers there's project there's project management there's the identification of the project, and the person is such a huge huge element like you say when you don't really see people 's true character until things go wrong
2: yeah that's true
0: and then it's like oh how is that person going to react to that? Are they the kind of person that's going to struggle and then they 've got my money that they're using it's fine for them because they might only have a a little bit of hurt money in the deal Ah, how are they going to then cope with that um
1: which that's one of my questions that i always ask developers i'm like what's been your biggest disaster and if they tell you and tell you kind of candidly and say you know hands up i messed up or i didn't look at this or i didn't look at that you know, you're onto a good foot in there. And I would actually encourage developers to be more candid about stuff like that because actually what it teaches me or what I gain from that is, okay, kind of they messed up or something went wrong. Again, it's property. These things happen. Mm. But they got themselves out of it. And yeah. this is how they got themselves out of it. And they didn't let that overwhelm them or they did, but this is how they kind of you know rescued it. It's Again, it's another part of, how does that person work? How do they operate?
2: Mm. In fact,
1: actually a deal I did recently, was chatting to another investor about it because I kind of get asked, oh, what are you looking at? And um, and I said to, yeah, to this other investor, that they said, oh, what, why are you going with this deal? Why are you going with this person? And it's because I'd had conversations with them about stuff in the, the past and stuff, um, other experiences, other developments that they did. So I had a whole kind of backstory, but and from that I'd got this comfort around. And I said to her, because I know if that n- hits the fan, yeah, he can get himself and us out of it. Yeah, I just know, know I I know he can. Yeah, especially in this environment where you know you you haven't got a forgiving market. It's not rising. it's not going to bail you out if you got your numbers wrong if your sensitivity analysis was off a bit.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's, a, it's not going to help you. You are you are where you are. It's
1: yeah.
0: a, it's a really yeah. it's a tough market at the minute. Really, is exactly. that?
1: And that's a, another thing I ask or something I look at. What is our worst case scenario here? Mm. You know, are we going to have to put kind of more money in? You know, and and again, once I'm un- comfortable with that and understand that, understand the risks, then mm. you know, it's not to say I don't go. I don't go ahead. I, again if you can be candid and open about these things, then it's up to the investor to decide if they are happy with that possibility, that worst case scenario, because by the way, you really want them to know that that is a possibility upfront before getting there. And then you have to say, Oh, really sorry about that. Because they aren't going to (laughs) be, they are going to be as as cooperative at that point.
0: No. And how many people as well are going to be able to have that conversation? So if you, if you've, Go right from day one, Helen, this could go wrong, this could go wrong, this could go wrong. You've already preframed it, whereas if I've got to ring you up and go, um, this has gone wrong, this is this phone conversation has probably been on my mind for two or three weeks already. Um, yeah. So it's already gone further than it should have gone. Yes. It's just like, let's get it, let's get it out there. you know, of everything that's going to go wrong, let's get it out there right away, boom. It, and it is a negotiation as well. So it's like, let's get the, I mean, I'm massive on Chris Voss's uh, book, Never Split the Difference. And he's always talking about the black swans. Find them early and yes. then, you can, then you can solve it. What,
2: exactly.
0: what really interests me um, talking to you is that you've got a trader's mindset. So how, how do you rationalize the risk in your mind?
1: it's uh, it, it's a bit of kind of um judging that risk reward thing mm-hmm. and it's actually for me about or uh, more so um kind of about relative value actually i was rereading one of um manish Kataria's one of his articles that i just loved talking about kind of secured debt or, or development funding and He was saying that that's increasingly part of his portfolio. And actually it has been for mine in this market Mm. because, you know, equity is so risky in this market that if you're given a projected, well, this is what we think we're going to make, the risk to that number in this market is generally on the downside. And a developer is going to tell you, oh, we think it's this, I don't know, call it 30%. Okay, that number is probably going to be the peak that you're going to make. So if you can get kind of anywhere near that number and you know by when you're getting up to there you're looking at second charges and the more risky stuff but if you can get anywhere kind of you know I don't know like some some second charges kind of around 18%. Okay, well, it's eighteen percent guaranteed, and it's eighteen percent, and and the time frame is set as well. You've removed two of your risk factors there, your major risk mm-hmm. factors there. So, would I take an eighteen percent guaranteed versus a speculative thirty? That if things go wrong or the time frame runs over, you know, I don't know. Say it takes two years instead of one year. Well, I'm at fifteen ish percent already. I yeah. should have just took that. Yeah. So that's the type of stuff I look at now. It's like, it, it's kind of like this opportunity cost of, if I put my money here,
2: mm.
1: could it be working more effectively, you know, kind of somewhere else? Could it be doing something better or more appropriate for me, given what the rest of my money's is doing? Mm. Um, you know, and Manish talks a lot about kind of di- diversification and, you know, there's appropriate amounts or am- appropriate amounts of your portfolio that, that, that should be in different pots like that.
2: Mm.
0: It's, it's the exact way that I trade on Betfair. It's not all of my bank into one. We break it down into smaller chunks. And it is that, you know, let's find reasons not to do this. I mean, I never, I never get a secure trade. I wish I could. That would be amazing. Do you know what? I've actually been told off by an investor recently because I downplayed. So I always downplay my end sale value and I always add on to my refit. And he, he was like, why have you done this? It'll sell for way more than that. Yeah, it might do, but I'm not happy telling you it's going to. And the the refurb is, seems a little bit high. Yeah, but what happens if we take that wall down and then something happens? And yeah. now we need that extra bit of money.
1: Under promise, over deliver every time.
0: Yeah, and I explained that to them um, and they, they did sort of come around a little bit more, but they were still a little bit shocked, um, maybe because they haven't been told it that way.
1: You get a happy investor who's willing to to, that you've built credibility with who was happy to reinvest with you. Much rather than the other way around, really.
0: Yeah, I would and a handful. Yeah, and a handful of people who can fund my deals who I know, like and trust. And I cannot for me a big thing as well is would I go for a drink with that person?
1: That's me too.
0: Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I don't I don't wanna deal with people I don't like.
1: No, no so, I literally have, literally, I mean, like a handful of developers that, that, that I deal with. It's, yeah, it's exactly that. You know, you're going to have to spend yeah time talking with the person and, you know, getting to know them and them understanding you and agreeing things, and there is going to be difficult and difficult conversations. Yep. Do you rather do that with somebody that you like or you don't like?
0: Yeah, I would much rather ring up my investor and say, can we meet here we it's not going to be comfortable for either of us but let's get it out of the way and then let's have a drink afterwards and sort it out but let's literally hit it head on and move forward past it because i know i will give you everything i've got to salvage this you so at the minute then you so you will look at debt or equity depending on the the market at the time
1: yes yeah it's for So I started out mostly with um, equity, you know, but kind of there were small amounts at the beginning while I'm kind of trying to learn and kind of understand um, about development and the finer, you know, kind of details. That's why I kind of rock up to all these events. I want to know the questions that developers have mm. so that going forward, I can ask them, Well, have you thought about this? I, I want to know, like, what keeps them awake at night? What What should I be worried about and what? What questions, yeah, what questions are they asking? It's yeah, again part of my part of my due diligence process, understanding what you guys are, are thinking about and looking at and questions you have. Um but yeah, so but but now I've got kind of a, a mix of stuff. Now the amounts are bigger, then yeah, I've got a mix of stuff. So just some kind of you know, like nice, easy but great returns, but first-charge stuff. So, you know, it's as, it's as secure as you're going to get. It's lovely rates. It's happy days. And like I say, now I'm looking at some second-charge stuff as well. More risk, but more return, obviously, but obviously not as much as an equity, which, again, for me in these these markets at the moment is – there's just – yeah, there's just two that, – that number is – well, actually, no – the, the ones where I'm doing equity at the moment are outside of London. The yeah. stuff that I do with equity was kind of in London. So mm. outside of London where you've got the market still going in your favour, that's more attractive.
2: Mm.
0: Especially, you, yeah, time it. as well, yeah. I am, um, do you know, I think debt over equity in any market, personally, um, I make no bones about it when I get to a certain number of properties and a certain cash pot. I am first charge lending all day every day. You will not. That'll be me.
1: Yeah, I th- and I think that makes ent- entire sense. And and actually, it's what you see as you dealing with the more kind of you know the more experienced developers. You mm. know, you don't need to be giving away that stuff to get to get funding anymore. So, mm. so yeah, yeah, makes total sense.
0: And the way I the way I see it as well is I've I've got. A few investors who will will do that some will do equity, some will do debt, but one I've got a guy who's a, a private funder and he will do first charge. He is very 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 experienced in property and um, millions out on first charge and I spoke to him about it and said, "How many years have you been doing this oh, about twelve now okay and how in that time, how many have gone wrong uh, about two or three okay, why?" well i'm very experienced and i go through everything and i don't go 100% loan to value i'm like 50 to 70% loan to value and the way that he looks at it is that 50 to 70 isn't actually in real terms going to be 50 to 70 if he's done his homework because day one it's there but what yeah. am i going to do as the developer well i'm going to spend x and i've had to show him my schedule of works my rationale Okay so I'm going to do that so we're actually coming up the loans to value now coming up so his risk is dropping yeah and then and I I've, I've done a I have done a deal with him actually where a couple of things went wrong he was at 70% loans to value we spent something like maybe 200,000 on this project so his loans to value is right down here now and I'm like can I borrow another 40 grand just to finish this off yeah of course Happy you can
1: day. yeah exactly. You're more than covered. I'm I'm doing I'm in discussions with something, um, with someone out here at the moment. Um, well, I've been doing it out here, the deals in, in the UK, but it's exactly that. You know, on the, the day one number is is kind of punchy. Um, but I know kind of what the plan is and that's gonna that's gonna happen really like quickly and easily. And this is a kind of cookie cutter thing for him. So yes. my confidence in him and the the ability to deliver is you know and and again like we've had this been developing this relationship over I don't know, at least at least the past year so this isn't somebody rocks up with a deal goes this is these are the details give me some money mm. you know this has been kind of slowly slowly which again is, is part of my approach um mm. and yeah and, I, and i'm just very comfortable with and it's exactly that risk profile is my my element gets less risky the more that deal progresses yeah happy day yeah you know it's- another may can i sleep at night yeah
0: yeah and that, that is perfect for you as well. So when you're looking at deals, timeframes then, how important is that for you? So what's the minimum and maximum you're looking for?
1: Well, this is why I've been going more towards debt more recently because timeframes, every equity thing I've done so far has never come in on time. Mm. You know, and and... And that's with me, you know, I kind of do my own due diligence and I always add on a, good, a decent amount of time onto that already. Yeah. I'm very big into kind of cash flow management, mm. um, you know, so you, you, you have to make sure you are not banking on that money to come in when the developer tells you that it's going to come in, you know, add six months onto that and actually I should have made that a, like a year actually with, with hindsight, but because of how I manage things, it's been totally fine. But it is the appeal about debt. That's the date. And that kind of has to be, you know, that's kind of set. Then if you, you know, there is some kind of flexibility on that, then, then that's fine. Again, you just have one of those conversations and, mm. and, and that's absolutely fine. But, um, you know, if it was up to me, I'd have my money in and out, in and out as quick as, it, as, quick as I possibly could. But obviously with this, you know, the minimum time you're looking at stuff is is a year, really, isn't it? 18 yeah. months. Yeah. You know, it, it, depending on what, what you're kind of doing and what you're building. Um, and then I just six or 12 months kind of uh, buffer onto that as well. So.
0: Yeah. And you mentioned as well um, sort of a cookie cutter deal. Is that important to you as an investor then, seeing that they have previous experience, this is well in their ballpark?
1: it's become more so again in this market um, and again for the, for the amounts that that I'm looking at or, or, you know, that are, that are of interest to me and are of interest, you know, that, that are are significant enough for developers to want to just work one on one with you. Mm. Um, you know, it's, it's not to say I wouldn't kind of deal with, um, kind of newer developers. I, I have, and I've had some great experiences, Mm. but more so, I really want to know that the person can absolutely deliver what they're looking at. I want I want them to to show me that that they've done it before and this is because you know you know it's another way of kind of reducing your risk, right? They've done it before, so they've and they've done it five, ten times. Honestly, by that point, they've probably come across most issues that are going to come up on, on that type of project, right? Yeah. So when it comes again, oh yeah, no problem. We deal with this. Ring that person. Da da da. it out. Done.
0: Yeah. And that, that comes from experience, having the team to be able to, to answer those questions. It's not Sometimes it's not just you. It is, And I think it is being able to pass that problem to somebody who is better equipped to handle that than you instead oh. of you just going, well, I can do that, and I'm going to because it'll save me money. No, I don't want to hear that. I, I want know. you to go, no, I, I'm not the best person to handle that. You are. Go and do it.
1: Yeah, exactly. Let everybody do the part that they're, that they're good at mm. and pay for that expertise. Yeah. Don't cut corners. Yeah. Don't go to the cheapest option because, you know, it's like legal. So you pay up front or you pay at the
2: end. You pay yeah. up front.
0: Yeah, just get them out of the way. Get them done. It's like the only thing I will negotiate on is a viability study for affordable housing because I want those people to work in my favour. So I usually chuck 20% on their invoice and say, I'll give you yes. that now. Divide the rest by the units that I've got to do affordable. Every single one you'll get off, then I will chunk that off your bill to your bill, basically. You'll get paid for that. Um, but yeah, I'm so with you. It's A really good example of that is, very recently I've been speaking to a landowner, and he says, will you help me? And I'm always very wary because it's like, you own the land. Unless we're going to go into a full agreement now, this is what's going to happen. I will consult for you but it's going to cost you or I will give you people in my team I did and he said oh I said, well, he's five grand yeah he says, "Oh, is a lot of money that guy spent 22,000 pound in surveys he didn't need oh my god yeah I know
1: you were cheap you were too cheap <laughs> it's
0: like use my guy use like I'm not really going to get involved And even if so if you want me to get involved in this land deal as a joint venture, okay, but we're gonna have a terms of business first. And we're still gonna use my guy at five and a half grand. Yeah. Because I give it to him.
1: It's a false economy. It it really is to not you know to to not do those things. It was, you know, I was listening to to your podcast with Richard Little, who just talks so much sense, that guy. And he was you know, that that he will overpay kind of for certain services. I'm like of course if you want the best and you want you know you know kind of it's de-risking it it's you know giving you more certainty more shoes just pay up and just yeah
0: yeah but I I think people don't see the they're too short-sighted with it it's like okay yes the planning consultant costs me a fortune but me and that planning consultant also go out for dinner a couple of times a month because I overpay him yes but if one of his clients is now selling something, who does he ring?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I do that with my cleaner. Yeah. Honestly, I pay her so much more than any other cleaners get because on the odd occasion that I need her an extra, she will drop everything to come and clean my place.
2: Yeah.
0: yes, It's just, So what's key then for any investments that you do?
1: Ooh, good question.
0: Um,
2: Um,
1: I mean, no, I have kind of kind of certain parameters and I really want to know that... Uh, yeah, you won't get very far if you don't show me a spreadsheet. <laughs> and it's got to be your spreadsheets. It's not going to be like the nice investor. This is pretty. Yes. This is what the best case scenario.
2: This is mine.
1: Yeah, show me what you're looking at. Show me what the worst case scenario is. Mm. Um, yeah, you know, I'm... <laughs> I'm a finance background, the numbers are going to, you know, do it for me. Um, yeah, somebody said to me, someone just needs to show you an Excel spreadsheet and you'll invest, won't you? I'm like, no, it's not quite like that, but that is a, yeah, that's, that's kind of my starting point. Um, yep. Yeah, the experience of the developer like, like we've already touched on. Um, and it's, again, it's those things that we've talked about in terms of how is this person going to treat me and that money Hmm. because that money isn't just money it's not you know kind of kind of just this little intangible thing that that just you know kind of moves between bank accounts that's that's cost me a lot of time effort energy
2: Hmm.
1: you know so handing it over is you know not quite handing over a baby but it's you know it's a it's like that It's, it's
2: it's
1: I I want to know it's it's going to be looked after, and I want to know they're going to treat me and that money well. Mm. And there has been some experiences, you know, I've I've kind of not lost any money, but there's been experiences where you hand over the cash, and (laughs) honestly, it's just like they forget you even existed. I'm like, sorry, you know, I'm kind of part of this deal. I'm I'm like helping you, kind of. you know, achieve what you want to achieve as well as achieving what I want to achieve, but you know, you've forgotten about your this, all right, you've done your part now. No, and it's you know, and then and you know, no communication and um yeah, so those people I, I don't invest with those people again.
2: Mm.
1: You know, again that's 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 the nice thing about the crowdfunding, you can find out that like how people genuinely operate.
2: Yeah.
1: Um kind of risk free ish yeah or at a lower risk and with smaller amounts mm. you know so yeah. It's, yeah
0: so, it's, I think the communication's a big one as well, I think that if that can solve almost every problem, just being able to communicate, and I think then coming back to your to your first parameter, your first gate, really, is that you've got to meet that person and see if you can get on with them, yeah and then because communication is, is so so key so if you can actually do that first time and then it's the same every single single time I like to see investors multiple times and I quite like seeing them when uh, the first question I ask them is how are you and they go oh I'm really stressed today and I'm like right now is going to be a good meeting because I'm going to see how you yes. handle the next hour of your life with me.
1: Thanks. Exactly, And it's the reason I ask, you know, you know, it's a kind of slightly uncomfortable question, but saying to people, what's the, what's the kind of the worst, you know, your biggest disaster. And some people say like professional or private. I'm like, both. Let's just go there. Yeah. Because you know,
0: you know, yeah. I have yeah. a really good quote that's like life is sort of 30% events and 70% how you handle them. And it's that first, re- I mean, my first reaction to it, literally everything is don't panic. Is literally, okay, what can I do right now in this situation to solve it? Can I? No, I can't. Okay. Do I know someone who can? Okay. Maybe. Okay. They'll sort it. If not, do I know someone who knows someone who can? Okay. Cool. Can I solve it if I can? Right. Let's crack on and get it done.
1: Yeah, exactly. And that's what you want to know. It's, again, you know, I said about a recent deal I did. I want to know that if and when, because it's normally when, right? Yeah. the stuff hits the fan they know what to do or they know who to call
0: yeah and that's really key now i've just got two last questions for you they are nice and easy one question so if i want to know if there's one book that you've read it doesn't have to be a business book it can be any kind of book but literally the second you'd finished reading it you want it to forget it so you could enjoy that whole book again, what would it be?
1: Oh, it, it's, the, it's the one I give most to people. It's called Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself by Dr. Joe Dispenza. it.
0: okay, right.
1: It's, it's, it makes you look at what you do and why you do it and what's working or not working for you. And like gives you like the impetus to just to to really examine your life and exactly the the brain and your and your habits. You know, we do these things, and why do we do them? I don't know. Just because we've always done them that way. Okay, if that's working for you, great. If it's not, do something different. Catch yourself, do something different. And and it's about he's he's um he's a very scientific guy actually, and he's very into neuro. He's a neuroscientist as well, which which just floats my boat. And when you you start kind of looking at your life that way, that's how you start kind of creating this different future for yourself. Mm. And it's, yeah, it's really
2: powerful.
0: Okay, well, I'm ordering that from Amazon when we finish. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: And then my last question is, what's the worst advice that you see or hear?
1: This goes against, uh, lots of people love this, and it just doesn't work for me at, at all. Just do it.
2: Yeah,
1: that's that's a really quick way to lose a lot of money and make some stupid mistakes. You know, Arguably, I'm a bit to the other end. I, I do wish I look back now, and maybe I should have just done it a bit more. But um, no, slowly, slowly catch your monkey.
0: Mm. I think, no. well, going back to my trading, seeing how you're the lady who made me connect these dots, when I talk to all of my traders, though, and they always say, "Oh, but I could have done that trade." He goes, "Yeah, but you know what? There'll always be another one."
1: Yeah, exactly. They're exactly, there'll something boy. right. And yes, you—that hindsight is a beautiful thing. You could have, you could have made this fortune, and you could have this, you could have lost it as well, right? Yeah,
0: exactly, it could have been gone. So you are, you are still here. It is a long-term game. That is the game you must play.
2: Yeah.
1: yeah. Well, get rich. I don't know. Just. Yeah. It's you, very risky.
0: <laughs> you have been an absolute delight to chat to. And I'm sure when this goes out, everybody's going to think the exact same. If people do want to get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to, to get in touch with you?
1: LinkedIn's probably easiest. And um, like I say, on the 28th of March, I'll be back in the UK to do um, Brendan Quinn's uh, London Bridge. Uh, meet that night at the London Bridge Hotel on crowdfunding with some great guys, Manish Kataria, Brad Lazarus, um, Aaron Yahara, hope I've said that right, is chairing it, and um, Angela Bryant. There's some, yeah, there's some great people, a lot of experience on that panel. Very yeah. privileged to have been asked.
0: That's like three of my favourite property people, you, Manish, and Brad. Like, All on one panel. So I'm going to let you go and go and enjoy that beautiful,
2: beautiful area you're in. Thank you very much for coming on. My pleasure.